Hey everybody, it's Lou Rosenfeld. Welcome to the Rosenfeld Review Podcast. I'm here with my friend Tomer Sharon. Hi Lou, how are you? Hey, Tomer, good to see you. Good to be here. Tomer, I thought we would talk um, today about user research is something that has value in settings that really we don't always consider. I mean, obviously you're designing an app, a website, what have you, a product. We think about user research. It's become pretty much a, a pretty much de rigueur. But um, I know that, for example, at Rosenfeld Media, we've been using user research to de- design our books uh, and evaluate how our books are performing. We also have been using user research to drive our conference program development. Uh, and we've really found in both cases, it's been amazingly valuable. I mean, you would expect us to do it. Similarly, I would expect you to use user research in some interesting new <laughs> contexts. Uh, you obviously did uh, writing your new book, Validating Product Ideas Through Lean User Research, which came out in January. Yep. Very proud to have published it. And in your role as head of user experience at WeWork, uh, uh, the, I guess the largest co-working uh, company out there now and moving into co-living. Largest. Okay. I don't know if it's lar- the largest, but it's, it's large and it's growing. That's right. It's actually publicly <laughs> traded, which I don't know. No. If oh, no, no, not, no, no. Not, no. Well, well, hopefully soon, right? <laughs> soon. We're getting our, we have our fingers crossed here. Um, I love it when two Jewish guys cross their fingers. <laughs> anyway, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you used user research and, and are using it in those two contexts. Maybe we could start with the book. Sure. So uh, the funny thing about research for the book is that it's, it's, it didn't start as research for the book. I was just very curious. Um, I wanted to know how people who develop products, how do they get input from users? And to get, that in, to get that information, I asked them, what questions do they ask themselves about their users? And, um, and, and, and immediately after I asked that, among other questions, I asked, well, how, do you, how did you answer those questions? So I decided that I want to talk with 100 people. So I, I interviewed... Why 100? No, no, no. It's just, it was just a number that I felt confident enough that you know i would satisfy my curiosity and um and i started reaching out and started recruiting people for a a 30 minute uh usually skype interview and uh, these people were startup founders from all over the world um the word about me looking for uh, startup founders to to interview uh, spread out, so I got retweets from uh, people in the lean startup industry, and that really helped to get people from from all over. And uh, so I eventually interviewed a lot more than hundred. I think it was close to two hundred. And um, and I learned very very interesting things. Um, let me maybe summarize that into uh, two main findings. One, um, and then I started thinking about a book as I, mm-hmm. as I was hearing uh, what I heard from them. One, the content about you know, research and validating product ideas is much needed. And I got to this conclusion because these people, surprisingly, asked themselves the right questions. I even listed to myself a list of questions they should ask themselves. Those pretty much overlap. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the bad news, and this is what, what led me to realize that they need the content, 
is the, the way they answer those questions. So, um, for example, how do you know that people need your product? Answer, um, what do you mean? We develop that. Of course, of course people need that. Uh, and so on and so forth. And this is something, for example, that I didn't hear only once. I heard it many, many, many times. Um, in any case, that's, that's the primary finding. The second finding is that people didn't want the content. Mm. So, um, what do you yes, mean they didn't want it? So they needed it. It right. was very clear to me as, uh, as the researcher, it was very clear to me that they're not doing things the right way. They need to know how they do it the right way. But they don't want to. They said things like, I mean, even just you know, the way they answer their questions today, out of the 200, maybe one or two were not comfortable with the way that they answer those questions. Um, so they, they immediately asked me back, well, how do you think we should answer them? Or we're not sure or things like that. But most of them are very sure that they're getting the right answers because their method, their, I don't know. How do you know that the usability of the product is, is good? Oh, we, we are users too, so we, we tested ourselves. So a lot of faith-based business Faith-based hallucinations, I call mm -hmm. them. Uh, I even wanted to call the book that, but you somehow persuaded me <laughs> not of that. <laughs> um, remind me that later about the name of the book. Uh, anyway... Um, I think at some point when we talked, you suggested that I also interview product managers. And I kind of uh, resisted because I thought this is a book about clean startup and it's, it's for startup founders. And you persuaded me, and thank you for that, that um, everyone has these questions. And a lot of people have these challenges of answering these questions with research. So I interviewed uh, enterprise product managers as well. I include that, included that in the 200 number. But then I was so depressed by what I heard from everyone. So I thought to myself, there must be you know, a responsible adult in the area. And these would definitely be the VCs that put money into these startups. So I also interviewed about 30 VCs. I will never, ever, ever expose their names because of what they answered. And, um, but respectable VCs from the Valley and, and New York City and, um, and other places. And it was even worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I wanted to know. I told them, listen, I know there are many, many considerations that go into an investment decision. I'm only interested in one consideration. I want to know if, if this is something you consider. And I, you know, ask questions. Do you, um, do you ask yourself, um, you know, questions such as, do people need the product? Is the product usable? Is it better than the competition? Mm -hmm. And so on. And do people want the product? And so on and so forth. It was even worse than the startup founder. Is that because they're not as close to the problem space as the, the founders? It's not, it's not even crossing their minds that this is one of the things they, they should care about. So why aren't I getting venture capital funding for something really stupid right now? That's my question. <laughs> but anyway, go on. I don't know. Um, in any case, I identified uh, hundreds of questions that these uh, startup founders and product managers asked themselves. And then together with, I think, uh, 40 or 50 of them, um, that went into a card sorting exercise. We grouped all of these into uh, eight groups. And I summarized each group as one question. 
And then the book, every chapter of the book is, uh, the title of every chapter is one of those questions. And the book itself is, is providing you know, step-by-step guidance into how to answer those questions. So this is, and I also asked, as I was writing the book, I asked some of these startup founders to use these chapters mm-hmm. uh, and, and give me feedback. So this is how I used uh, user research in, uh, in writing the book. To well, me, it was very natural. And the, the answers you're giving, the guidance you're giving, is lean user research. Let's be specific about that. The yes. idea is not that you need to hire Tomer to come in. Right. And, and no, you, I wouldn't that do You could do this yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, in principle, uh, the book is guiding uh, people who want to do that on their own. Um, and it's not going to be the perfect research. We're cutting some corners. But uh, it'll be better than, um, you know, hiring a, a, an agency to do that, which they never do. These startups, they don't have money to do that. Um, and, and if we're talking about enterprises, yes, they do that, but it's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. And um, the book is guiding these people, product managers, designers, startup founders, and others, even engineers, uh, to do their own research. Well, it's interesting. I mean... Um as a, a publisher, I'm sort of seeing the same diversification of interest in, in user research. Yep. We have a lot of people, and actually a lot of our books are more and more focused on people like product managers and yep. product owners who um, don't need the kind of depth that members of the tribe may have, but right. they're in a position, whether they're uh, at a startup or, or maybe you know there's someone in a marketing group or a developer even who... They just need to be able to get better answers and yeah. actually have some evidence. So I, I think, you know, it, the book itself is, you know, a gift in that regard in terms of helping people yeah. get rid of the kind of annoying questions that are perplexing them and keeping them yeah. up at night about customers and users. Um, and, uh, You're mentioning our tribe. Um, you know, in our tribe, it's, it's custom to say that these product managers and engineers are, you know, arrogant pricks or whatever. Uh, they're not. They just want to do a good job. And this is what they know. Uh, and if they don't know something, they'll find some way to, you know, interview, talk to customers. All of them know that they should talk with customers, right. but they just, they just do it in a ba- very bad way. It's, they don't want to do it in a bad way. They want to do it in a good way. They just don't know how. Well, they are arrogant pricks, but so are we. <laughs> We're just arrogant pricks in different ways. So, well then, you know, let's talk about what you're doing at WeWork yeah. by using user research there. And it sounds like, I mean, I observe from afar that you're doing quite a bit and it seems really exciting because you're also using that user research to tell yeah. the story of your team, which is in turn yes. great visibility and promotion and probably helps with recruiting. Yes, I want, I want to be completely transparent about what we do and how we do things. Um, I think it's helpful for uh, people who consider we work as a, as a workplace. I think it's helpful for people to just, you know, from our tribe to understand how things are done in, a, in an environment where screens are not the only thing that you design for. Um, at WeWork, I'm, I was privileged to, to start a UX group, so... It's a rare. It was a rare opportunity for me to to start things from scratch, kind of uh, 
learn learn from my own mistakes, not but, from others. But interestingly, although everything you've done since has been very transparent, that wasn't really transparent what you did when you started, right? What? You were undercover. I was undercover, yeah. I started my first month was uh was undercover. I asked not that the fact that I'm joining not to be announced uh throughout the company. Only maybe three people knew. And um and then the, although it was tempting, I didn't change anything on social media and LinkedIn and things like that. And I uh, pretended to be a potential member. I toured a lot of our buildings in New York and San Francisco and eventually even joined as a member uh, to one of the buildings and worked from there for a while. Did you work as a community manager at all as well? No, okay. no. Eventually, no, although I wanted to, but no. Um but I, uh, I worked from there and, and that helped me a lot. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't for user research. It was, for me, it was a natural way to understand how, how WeWorks work. So um, I didn't consider it as research. I mean, it was only, you know, you should not do research on yourself and you should not uh, have only one participant in your sure, research. But, but, but you um, took the opportunity to yeah. learn what it was like to be I a learned, customer. Yes, yes. I learned firsthand about oh so many things about WeWork mm -hmm. and that experience also helped me um, build a group that I'm building now. Um, so uh, being the person that starts things from scratch, I'm able to focus the group on research. So um, we are now these days I refuse to get all kinds of requests from the business or any department in the company to do stuff. We don't do stuff. We only act on things we find on research. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're fully empowered to do that. So uh, I take advantage of that um, everywhere I go in the company. And all of my designers and team leads know now that research is... Uh, is a key component in, to what they do. And uh, some of them who are not really experienced or exposed to research learn to really appreciate how much it's helpful. They stop guessing and they start acting on findings. Okay, so what should we have on that page? Oh, okay, it's in the research. So we have uh, all the answers that we need coming from, from our research. So the question I have is, you know, in a lot of organizations, um, the research is driven uh, by essentially internal customers. They, yeah. You're saying, nope, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to own the research agenda. When you're starting up, especially you know, in a situation where the team has been created from scratch, it seems like there's probably some sort of a, a lag. There's some sort of oh, yeah. gap between the, the point where they're like, oh, we have, a, we have a team now, but we can't tell them what to do. And then some time goes by before you actually start coming back to them and say, well, this is what we're learning and what we think we should do. Was that a really hard thing to get the, the various stakeholders from around WeWork to, to just sort of chill their heels for a little bit and wait for you to actually start coming up with some findings? So I'll, I'll say something that's not really fair, but um, I'm a personal hire of the CEO. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use that and wave that flag everywhere I go, but people know that and they know I have full support. And, and you know, that said, when we do come to these teams and show what we found, usually it's not, it's not like that. Usually they're involved. So we're, we'll say something like, okay, we're now focused on, for example, what we call pre-membership, everything that happens 
mm -hmm. uh, to a person from the time they're aware of a thing called WeWork until they commit as members. So we're now dealing with um, pre-membership. We're going to do research for that. We're involving reaching out to our future stakeholders and invite them to even plan research with us, do it with us, moderate. Uh, we sent teams of, of you know, engineers, salespeople to, to interview customers. And um, so they're not really just you know, getting a report and being asked to, to act on it. Um, they're involved and they're aware. But they learn that, oh, there's, there's this way of doing things, uh, and it's interesting, and they're curious. So a lot, we get a lot of requests. So uh, just this morning, are you going to start like a, 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 a centralized research group that will do research based on requests from all the company? And I said, no, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we do. We actually, I actually decided not to start a research team. Mm -hmm. um, we do have researchers and we'll have more researchers, but they're not going to be siloed in a research team. They're going to be embedded in the design teams so, that are embedded with our group. So, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of requests. The more people learn about what we can do. Um, and there is a gap for sure. There's a, there's a knowledge gap. All of the quote-unquote research that was done at, at WeWork before uh, we started was uh, primary, uh, primarily surveys. Um, I'm trying to change that. Right. Um, so so you, the, the researchers are not part of a centralized team, but you still have to be, I imagine, in some sort of centralized role of managing the, the resources, right? So when requests come in, you have to do some triage. I uh, I learned the strategy of how to deal with that from uh, our friend Jared Spool. Okay. The the, the two letter strategy. No. <laughs> There's no triage. It's just no. Um, it's just no. We are, and I have full. You know, I have my my managers back uh, to behave that way. Um, I'm being nicer about it. I'm not a prick, but. Uh, we are only acting on research. We're not deciding to do something because it's cool, because... Oh, but um, what if they request research? Yeah, they request research. Right, not request design work, no. but anything... I mean, they have no input into the research agenda? They have... Uh, they, have they definitely have input once we are um, acting on a research project. But we are... We have... Our, we call them user journeys. We have our user journeys mapped. Uh, we're doing two types of research. One is an ongoing effort to uh, create a, uh, a research database mm -hmm. based on our five user journeys. That Below them we have, I think, about 20 to 25. We call them acts, big things that happen in these journeys. Mm -hmm. Below these acts we have scenes. We have about 100 plus scenes. And in every, in every scene, we have characters and we have props. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're collecting a lot of data uh, to support all of that. Um, because, I mean, it's a part of a bigger thing. I could talk about it if you're interested. But this is one research effort that's going on. That's not necessarily focused on one specific journey. In addition to that, I'm building user journey teams. First 
we have the pre-membership team that started, you know, we hired everyone recently, so they started with a big research effort. Uh, so this is how we decide what to do. We have our journeys, we're going to focus on each and every journey. And you'll um, be doing work on each of those concurrently? Uh, no, we started with one. Oh, okay. Um, teams aren't... We just, we just don't have the teams yet. Oh, see. Right. Um, eventually, though. Eventually, we'll have uh, four teams for the five journeys because two journeys are kind of small. Okay. And, um, and now that we have a, a full design team for that journey, we started with a big research effort that involves a lot of people, and now we're starting to act on it. So there's... You know, at some point, someone has to say, we're going to work on this journey this quarter. And that journey next quarter. And I'm just kind of... I keep that's, kind of getting, that's, that's me. That's you. So there is some sort of traffic management or traffic control yeah. or, you know, there's that central, you know, role that you play. Do you also feel like you need to um, publicly drive the research agenda as well as the results by sharing them? Like to kind of start sharing what you're learning almost as if you were creating an internal publication. Oh, yeah. And, and getting it out there so that you're... It's not just a, an issue of sharing. That, I mean, that's valuable, but it's also like reinforcing that you and your people are kind of driving the, the agenda forward rather than re reacting to other people's requests. We are driving the agenda. This is... Uh, so I'll, I'll take the example of this, this uh, pre-membership research effort that we just completed. So... Um, Every stakeholder in the company that was relevant for that was involved in that. And as soon as we were done, we uh, started communicating. So first of all, we held a, a day of design studios, mm -hmm. including all of, involving all of these people. We came up with a lot of ideas. In the UX team, we fleshed out some of the ideas and, and decided, okay, this is what we're going to chase. We presented that to... Um, to our, our CEO and um, and I was appointed uh, to become the person that will make it happen mm -hmm. so uh, from that moment um, I started talking you know personal conversations with every stakeholder involved discussing what are we what is it that we're going to do asking for their support and help asking them to join this task force that's going to make it happen and um, this is, I mean, as soon as people uh, see what we found and understand what we're suggesting, specifically for pre-membership, they very quickly realize that this is a critical thing for the company. We're talking sales, increasing mm -hmm. sales. Mm -hmm. So, um, and when they see our CEO in a company meeting saying that sales is the most important thing for the company, they, you know, one-on-one... -on -one uh, is very easy to, to come up with and, and they just you know immediately join the effort. So um, that's how I do it. I mean the documents themselves and you know the deliverables of how we share things, I see them as less important. Mm -hmm. What's more important is the fact that we actually did research. This is not something that at least that we worked with wasn't something that was a part of the process. And um, and it feels I know I know it for years, but it feels people feel that this is the right thing to do, and everything that comes out of that is the right thing to do. So, as you describe that, I start thinking about a lot of cultures where that would go over really well, uh, like uh, engineering-driven cultures, where hey, you know, 
let's, do, let's make hypotheses, let's do tests, let's come up with results that we can analyze. I, I was, they made me wonder what kind of culture we work is. What is. Where does it come from? Is it driven by marketing? I, I, I'm guessing it's not a de- developer-driven culture. Uh, we do have a, a relatively large technology group. Uh, we develop a lot of technology at WeWork to support our members. Um, how would I define WeWork? I don't know if it's led by any, by any specific discipline. We have a lot of... I mean, WeWork is known... When I first heard about WeWork, the only two things I knew to say about it is that uh, they have beautiful uh, co-working spaces mm-hmm. and that it's a real estate company. Hmm. Um, today, I know that it's not a real estate company uh, and that the most important thing is not necessarily the, the space design, but it's the integration between the space, the digital products, and uh, what we in our tribe call service design. Uh, at WeWork, they don't call it that. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of the community feel and support creating or building, enabling meaningful connections between members, this is key to WeWork and other services that the company provides to members uh, if they're interested is a big part of it. Because we, we do have competition and the competition doesn't offer all of these things. Uh, it offers space, um, but it doesn't necessarily support the community feel and invest a lot in it. Um, yeah. You know, hearing you describe it, um, sounds like you may have the best job in the field. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you get to start something from scratch with a really supportive organization and in a space that is really rich, the, the mix of physical yeah. and, and digital. Can you give an example. Uh, I mean... First of all, you know, people ask me, how did you leave Google? And, and for me, it wasn't an easy decision, but there were some, you know, very strong reasons. This is one of them. A combination of, you know, physical space, digital products, and service design. The opportunity to start something from scratch. The opportunity to um, really change how young people work and live. Um, to me that was very interesting I'll, I'll give you an example of a, a daily challenge that we have so uh, I don't know if you've ever been at, at, at a WeWork location but um, I'm waiting for you to invite me you used to invite me to Google for you know, lunch we don't, all we don't the have time. free food there oh we don't have food. Well, forget it <laughs> we have beer um, alright so uh, we don't have signs at WeWork and the only signs we have is exit signs because we have to by code um so, and that's an ideology. It's not, it's not a mistake that we don't have signs. Uh, the ideology is that an office doesn't have to look like an office. You don't have signs at home. Mm-hmm. Why would you have them at WeWork? Mm-hmm. The thing is, and now I'm, I'm wearing my, my researcher hat, if you open your eyes, you see people late for job interviews because they have no idea where to go. You see people late for meetings because they don't know where meeting rooms are. You see people almost peeing in their pants because they just don't know where to run. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, people send print jobs with no idea where they're, mm. where they're at. So let's, let's assume, uh, leap of faith, let's assume that I persuaded WeWork that this is a problem. And we want to do something about it. I can go to our physical department, architects and interior designers. They would probably say, oh, let's just put on signs, beautiful signs. 
if I'll go to our, our, our digital department, they'll say there's going to be an app for that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to go to our community team, community is uh, all of the people that we have in our buildings, they'll say, oh, let's just put a person there who will point the way to, to people. What's the right solution? I have no idea. But it's probably a combination of some sort. And we see that for every problem that we're trying to solve or every quote-unquote design that we're trying to develop, that it's always a, you know, a combination of two or three of these. Um, this specific thing, integration between the three, is extremely interesting. And I think what it's going to do also, it's going to force your toolkit of methods to be richer and richer because you're doing a lot of investigation that's... Oh, we have crazy you know, ideas. Outside the realm <laughs> of the, the canon of HCI because there's no C involved in it in many cases. It's non-digital. So. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you're not necessarily inventing anything new. There's lots yeah. of methods for researching physical spaces and how they're used has been has been for decades. Yeah. But the really exciting thing is going to be integrating those with, yeah. with what we've been doing in our tribe. Yeah, we have crazy ideas for you know all kinds of sensors that would you know tell us what's going on uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, there's an entire group that only does that. The Internet of Research things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, the we're Internet gonna, of Things for Research. <laughs> we'll be talking about that maybe in a year or two. Uh, this, I think we could certainly go longer, but uh, why don't we call it uh, a, a day on this podcast. I really appreciate it, Tomer. Thanks for cool. coming in. And uh, uh, again, uh, you know, you, if you stop into uh, your local WeWork, you can maybe start getting a sense of um, what Tomer's been up to. Uh, maybe there already, uh, there's already some, some handy work to, to be seen. And uh, in the meantime, if you don't get a chance to do that, you should definitely pick up uh, Tomer's book, Validating Product Ideas Through Lean User Research, which um, if the Amazon reviews uh, are, um, are honest, and I certainly think they are. They're, they're all five stars. So I didn't pay them much. So. I didn't pay them anything. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll, we'll talk with you again soon, Tomer. Thank you. Thank you.